It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Final hour of the show. Yeah, we're all the way till 7 o'clock tonight. What do you know? Wizards uh, this week. Well, and nobody's playing tonight. You just got bet MGM tonight coming up after us, I believe. Right, Anthony? Do we have a Maryland Hoops tonight eventually? Uh, I think it's bet MGM. I think it's bet MGM. I know it's 7 o'clock. It's bet MGM. There's one night this week. I can't keep it straight. Uh, but the, tomorrow night, uh, the Wizards play at the Knicks. There's a 7.30 tip-off. And then Maryland plays at some point, but it's also a later tip time. Uh, so we got that. And then I think Friday we're out done at like 6.15. But I might have all those days wrong. So here's what you need to know. We are on the air until 7, which is cool. Uh, right now, though, it is time for our pick six. And, Anthony, did we, we, we updated the imager, right? Did we, did we finalize that or are we, uh, we rolling with, with the, the old one for one final time? I updated it. Amazing. Brand new. 2024 edition, it's time for the pick six. The six biggest commander storylines. It is caught! Delivered at six o'clock sharp. It's the pick six at six. We set out to find a leader, someone who could take this franchise to the next level, build an elite team that consistently competes for championships. Ooh, yeah, Josh Harris said that consistently competes for championships that leader of course is adam peters who was introduced today uh it's the new general manager of the washington commanders here is our six biggest takeaways the six most important things said between harris and peters uh number one most important thing he was asked hey man you got a lot of money in free agency you got the number two draft pick how are you adam peters going to build this team I find this a very similar situation from when we got to San Francisco in 2017. Uh, a lot of great similarities, so I have a lot to lean on from that experience, both things we did well and things we didn't. But ultimately, we were going to build through the draft here and supplement through free agency. We're going to be very process-driven and diligent in who, in who we select in free agency, but we're going to build through the draft here. He was not specific about a lot of stuff today. That was about as specific and pointed of an answer as Adam Peters gave. You have to build through the draft in the NFL. And part of that is the salary cap. Like you build through the draft, you retain players who are key cornerstones of your culture over the years. Those are the guys you spend money on. That's where your cap space goes. And you continue to supplement with cheap guys because there's a rookie salary scale. And that is the way to build a winning football team. It is the way almost every single one of these playoff teams is built. And you can be at different places in with different positions. Like your quarterback might be the guy on the rookie deal. Uh, your star left tackle might be the rookie deal. You might, you know, be paying those guys and have a lot of young skill position players a la what's going on in Kansas City where they pay the quarterback and, you know, the, the key tight end. But all the receivers are young guys. Like you're going to have to get production from young guys at some point that you draft, which means you got to build through it. And that is just, there's no other way around it in the league. It also is the way you're going to find a good quarterback because when teams find a good quarterback, they do not let them go. Very rarely do you get the Baker Mayfields of the world who become available and then go star on a second or in his case, fourth team uh, after playing in Carolina and uh, LA last year following his stint with the Browns. But even then, like no one has Tampa as a favorite for this thing. And no one thinks, I think that they're going to win a Super Bowl in Tampa with Baker Mayfield at quarterback, even if he could get them to the playoffs with some level of consistency. Larger point. I think that's great. I think that is correct. I think Adam Peters obviously knows that because, uh, well, he's been to the Super Bowl and he's got three championship rings and he's seen it implemented. 
Um, but that supplementation of free agency is also really important. And that is both bringing in vets who can be leaders and fit your culture. And, and, and his case this year, like you go hire Ben Johnson. I want to go find someone who played for Johnson with the lions that I can bring in kind of like they brought in uh, Logan Paulson into San Francisco back in the day to help install the offense. They didn't bring Logan Paulson in to, to be their number one tight end. And turns out they, they drafted the number one tight end is, is a guy named George Kittle. I was a rookie that year. But Logan was important to help install the offense, be another voice in the room, and set a culture that they wanted to establish with Kyle Shanahan out there. And there's countless examples. I mean, look, Ron tried that here with Thomas Davis. Um, and they made the playoffs that first year. Obviously, they didn't ever build on it. Um, and making the playoffs was a bit of a fluke. But, like, that concept is good and works. And that's how you supplement with free agency. And you fill positions that maybe maybe like a, a one offensive lineman, you know, is a good free agent signing. Um, that kind of thing you spend money on, but largely you're going to acquire your skill position guys through the draft. And that is, you know, that is the way to go for sure. As for what they have in house, um, David Aldridge asked a question and there was a significant pause between question and answer about what they currently have here in DC. Adam, David Aldridge with the athletic. Welcome to DC. Um, I wonder what you think of the current roster. I believe that there's a few cornerstone pieces in this roster. I believe we have a lot of work to do, and that's just evaluating everybody. And that's going to start with the coaches. When the coaches come in, we hire a head coach. We sit down together with the personnel department, and we sit down and, and evaluate everything and figure out where we need to be. So that's an ongoing process. I've, I've started a little bit, but we have a lot of work to do, David. Yeah, they do. Because outside of Deron Payne, there's no guarantees that anyone will be here and pain is pretty much guaranteed because of the contract um, next year. He could be gone for sure. But if they were to move on for him, including a trade this year, the amount of dead money would be silly. Like if someone wants to give you three first rounders, you can eat that dead money all day, but you're not getting three first rounders for Deron paid. But I think he says like, you know, if let's say by training camp, Peters gives another press conference and Terry and John are still here. And it's like, Hey, uh, Adam, back in your, your uh, introductory press conference, you mentioned cornerstone pieces, but you didn't say any names. Were Terry and John Allen two names you're thinking of? Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. But he wasn't like, you know, Terry McLaren is a piece we're going to build around. And we can't wait to get started. Because then if he, he gets an offer and he wants to trade Terry or he has a conversation with Terry and he's like, look, man, this might be two, three years. Like, would you rather go somewhere else? And Terry's like, hey, if you find a spot for me, like, like don't be afraid to shot me whatever that conversation is, then, you know, you don't want to have to eat crow in a couple of months. And that's the kind of things that coaches and executives have done here in the past. Um, and it's really impossible to know who you want and what you want to do with them when you don't have a coach yet. Because what if they hire a coach who's firm 3-4 guy? Like, John Allen doesn't really fit that. Like, are you going to make John Allen with all the money you're paying him a 3-4 end? No. You trade him. And he's a, he's a cornerstone piece because you trade him for more draft picks. And so these are the kind of things where if, if you have a coach that's just like, look, McLaren's nasty, but like he doesn't really – I'm a timing precision or I'm a – I need a big receiver and he just – he doesn't do it for me. I need a different guy. Then you, you go trade him. And that's the nature of the league, and that's how good teams operate. So I think it's smart to be like, oh, we're you – know, right, the cupboard's bare. Everyone sucks. I'm not going to come out and say that. But by the same token, um, you don't wind, your, wind up committing yourself to anybody because 
the whole roster's up for evaluation. And he hasn't done that yet. Like, during the season, he's got a job. It's not like he's been sitting around waiting for this one. Um, I'm sure he has. Like, you know, he's been waiting for this moment his whole life. He just got named an NFL general manager. But when he says he hasn't evaluated the roster yet, I, I tend to believe him. He hasn't even been on the job for a day. Um, he's done more social media work than he has uh, doing a Q&A on the commander's Instagram page uh, than he has uh, <laughs> than he has actual GM stuff. That probably starts tomorrow. Uh, slash interviewing the head coach. I guess that's the stuff he, he might have done. Uh, and, and those are obviously ongoing. Uh, as for hiring that head coach, uh, what is he looking for? I thought this was an interesting answer from Adam Peters, number three in our pick six. I think uh, I think in any head coach and any leader, it's just leadership. Leadership, great communication, being able to be honest, direct, and upfront, have all those qualities, and they're all intertwined. But those are the, those are the main qualities. You have to be very smart. You have to be very driven. There's so many different qualities that, that make up a great head coach and a great leader, but really it's just about being a great person, a great human being that people will follow. I think that last part's so great because it explains why being a good person is important. Like you need a leader, like the whole point of leader is right. You're leading something and some people. So if you're not just out front, though, the only way you, you meet the definition of leadership is if people actually follow you. And in football, being on the same page is more important than anything else. If you can get 10 or 11 guys, uh, that's very specifically not 10. If you can get 11 guys executing a, a plan, you have a better chance of success than having the perfect plan on paper where one guy messes up or one guy does, doesn't follow. And that doesn't matter whether it's a mistake or whether that's intentional because they're not on the same page. Um, and they don't, they don't like you or whatever, right? You have to get everyone on the same page. And that starts with your staff and merging everybody uh, to the beat of the same drum and then getting the players on that from your vets and your leaders down to your rookies and your new guys. And, and from one to 53, the practice squad guys, like if everyone is, is following the mission, then you'll win. It's, it's, you know, it, as long as you have the requisite amount of talent, which is, you know, ultimately Peter's job. So I think prioritizing that leadership and, and getting everybody on the same page is hugely important. Obviously those schematics matter and that is something, and, and there's also the reality of kind of making sure that whatever the core base of your team is, if you're an offensive football team, that you have continuity. And that's why I favor an offensive head coach. And Adam Peters is not going to come out and say that because the leadership is the most important, but being able to, you know, understand that you're building this for a long-term success, I think is also important and I think will ultimately reflect itself in the process, but we'll see if they meet with all these guys and Mike McDonald is like, look, I know what I want out of an offensive coach and he's the most compelling leader. And he's, you know, and they ask him like, okay, so let's say you have a great year next year with a, you know, a number two pick that you love and your OC gets poached somewhere else. How are you going to replace him? But he's got a good answer for that. They'll hire Mike McDonald. That's what it means to be process driven. That's what it means to to have uh, all this stuff in place and to have clarity in your vision. And and I think that's something that obviously they'll be looking for uh, in the next head coach, which is also proven, by the way, number four in our pick six by Josh Harris's answer to that exact same question. Both of us are, in essence, come from uh, the model that we're stewards for the city and that we're on a mission to deliver success to Washington. And so obviously, you know, hiring uh, a coach that um, is on the mission with us, that is all in, 
that can that 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 him that himself or herself can attract the best people. Uh, you know that you know all of those things, and then hold them accountable. And obviously, ultimately, comes with a certain amount of foot IQ, football intelligence. I think IQ matters. Um, I think it matters increasingly. So I think that all of those things will be important. But ultimately, a partner, you know, where the three of us can be aligned and you know work for the city on behalf of the city to win. I think the first part is great, right? You, you're, hey, are you willing to give uh, something that's bigger than yourself? Um, are you willing to dive in at that level um, versus a lot of people that have been here? You know, Philip said this when he was on with us at five o'clock. You missed that? Check the podcast. Um, but like, a lot of people in the last fifteen years, especially, have been here for a paycheck. And like, no, no, no. Like, I'm here for DC. I'm here for the city. I think it's cool and important and, and shows a level of dedication on the same way that you ask draft prospects, like, Hey, do you love football? Cause it tells me how much you're going to work for this. Um, but I think the end part is actually the most interesting to me uh, with Har- what Harris said there about intelligence and IQ uh, knowledge is knowing a bunch of stuff. Like it's memorization, right? I know all this stuff. Intelligence is knowing what questions to ask. So if you don't know what questions to ask, it doesn't matter how much you know because you don't actually know how to apply any of that knowledge. You're just you're book smart, not street smart, to use a different uh, set of language here. And I think finding, like sitting down with these candidates and finding out who's street smart is the most important thing because you then understand who can solve problems, such as my coordinator just got poached to somewhere else. I know where to go to find a new one. I know what I'm looking for. And I have the the wherewithal to interview candidates and and actually nail the hire, just like I did with the guy who just left. Um, and that's going to be like the question that Nick Sirianni is getting asked today in in Philadelphia. It's like, where did you go wrong with Sean Desai and Matt Patricia? What happened there? Why did you know Brian Johnson seem like the right guy? Why didn't it work? Why didn't you step in and do more as an offensive head coach? Like these are the questions that Nick Sirianni is going to have to answer, and he better have a, a high IQ answer for it. Otherwise, he's not going to have a job by the end of the day or tomorrow, or whenever he meets with Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. Um, you know, Mike McCarthy is going to have to answer. You know, he he answered I think pretty well all season long. Hey, I was right to want to move on from Kellen Moore, who everyone thought super highly of, uh, and hire Brian Schottenheimer and take over the play calling myself. Um, but why doesn't it work in the playoffs? Like you have to have an answer. You have to be able to problem solve. And that's uh, leadership and problem solving to me are like the two biggest things you can have in a head coach style position um, because you can you can try to find some of the technical acumen in the position coaches, in the coordinators who really get into that nitty gritty. Um, but it also then comes down to being that good person, that networker that has a huge collection of people that you can pull from that will want to come work for you and do the work and put in the time. So it all kind of comes together. Uh, and then will you put in the time? And that comes down to, to kind of what Harris said in terms of being that partner uh, to do this for the city, giving into something that is bigger than yourself. Uh, as for the city, as for what D.C. is, number five in our pick six at six, uh, part of Adam Peters' opening statement that caught our eye. Well, all that support and mentoring has gotten me here today. And this is where I'm supposed to be, the general manager of the Washington Commanders. And I, I can't tell you guys how excited I am to be here. It's, this is absolutely incredible. I've been pinching myself, and I'm so excited to get started. And I'm going to tell you guys, I promise you, we're going to work tirelessly to build this franchise. This is one of the cornerstone franchises in the NFL. The pillars of the National Football League is an incredible area. The DMV, our nation's capital. I could not be more thrilled to be here. Our family could not be more thrilled to be here today and lead you guys. 
I know how much this franchise means to our fans. Uh, I'm extremely, extremely motivated to deliver everybody what they deserve. Well, what more could you want here on day one from a GM? Like, it means something to him. He understands the history. And again, like, I credit you, the fans listening uh, to this, that came to our event when the team got sold, who went to FedEx Field, especially early, early in the year when there was a lot more hope. I don't blame you for not going toward the end of the year uh, with how bad the football was. But when you show that that cornerstone nature of the team is still there, that it still is a pillar, that it's not just something that's in the past, but that it's still standing, that the support is still there, that it means something, that matters. And and it clearly mattered to Adam Peters. It's just part of the reason why he wanted to be here. The other reason is he gets to build something from scratch, which is where we close uh, our pick six at six. It was everything to me. This opportunity with this ownership group in this place I can't tell you how much that meant to me and in our family. And that's why when this came up, came about and I got to meet with everybody right away, I was all in. I probably wasn't a very good negotiator, but I told them <laughs> I was all in and that made it easy for me to, to pass up other opportunities, uh, which were great opportunities as well. But this was the best opportunity in my mind in the NFL. Don't worry. Uh, Josh Harris, uh, did say he's a good negotiator so uh you can thank her uh, peter's agent but uh considering he'll be the one negotiating contracts i hope he's a good negotiator but also much harder to negotiate for yourself than it is for other people uh that's kind of beside the point the point is we told you right like we did the exercise of like what actually matters to people there you know and everyone's like ah justin herbert justin herbert justin herbert and i'm like everything else about the chargers sucks and look, if you're Jim Harbaugh and really what you need is a quarterback, then maybe you go there and you win a Super Bowl and, it, and you can overcome it because you're you. You've built up equity. You're a force of nature. And you know you're probably going to piss everyone off and be out of there in five years anyway. Can you get a Super Bowl before you go? But if you're a GM or a young coach that wants to be somewhere for a long time, this is the best job on the market. There is a blank slate. You get to build it from scratch. You have the resource. Because it's not just like, oh, hey, here's a lot. And by the way, you have no money to build a house on. It's like, hey, here's the maximum amount of money that you're possibly allowed to have. Uh, You got more money than anyone else and you got a great slab of land. Have fun. What more could you want as a builder? And that's that's what a GM is. And and some head coaches see themselves that way as well. And that third rung to this, uh, the the third uh, uh, leg of the stool, if you will, between Harris and ownership, Peters and... uh, the front office, and then whoever they hire as head coach uh, is going to have a, a lot of work to do. Building is hard, but they have every opportunity to do it right. And if you do it right, obviously the level of success and the, the fame and the fortune and everything that if you do it here um, is is almost unmatched anywhere else in the NFL. That is our pick six. The six most interesting things said at today's introductory press conference for new Commanders General Manager Adam Peters. We'll take your calls on all of that at 301-230-0980 to wrap up the show over our final half hour here on the Hoffman Show. Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. And, of course, streaming live on YouTube.